Blog Talk Radio. It only happens once a year, and it only happens at Homestead Miami Speedway. The world will be watching as dreams are made, hopes are crushed, and championships earned. It's Ford Championship Weekend, November 16th to the 18th. Three days of fun for the whole family with live music, tailgating, go-kart racing, and so much more. Plus, it's the only place to witness the crowning of three NASCAR champions. Call 866-409-RACE or go to homesteadmiamispeedway.com for tickets. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 grunt-style Chevy Camaro. Listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. Good evening from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim Despain. Stephen Wilson has the night off. We're live from uh, the way the crow flies, about eight miles south of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Let's go ahead and bring on the Reverend. Reverend Joe, get him in here. I'm out there on the West Coast in southern, sunny, sunny Southern California. Reverend, how you doing, brother? Easy for you to say. <laughs> I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Y'all got them Santa Ana winds going on again. It's that time of year, isn't it? Yep, that's what they show tell us. But um, it's always interesting. Uh, Santa Ana winds are strange, and you see some really strange things when they're blowing. You'll see a tractor-trailer rig stopped on the side of the road because the winds are strong, so they pull over and stop, and all of a sudden they fall right over on their side. It's just amazing. I bet it is something to see, Reverend. Before I forget, before we get going, our thoughts and prayers go out to Miss Betty's mom from Suzanne and I, Stephen, and we want to let everybody know that we're thinking about y'all. Yeah, it's um, it's been a hard time for Betty, uh, for both of us, but um, it's time. Her mom, unfortunately, with her dementia and Alzheimer's, is, needs to be in a home. At home, here at home, it's way too hard to take care of. We've tried everything we can do, but it just gets to that point. Went through that with my mother and went through that with my grandmother. So I know what it's like. And I've had a couple of friends end up with that horrible disorder and uh, watched what they went through. So I've been watching for the last year and kind of leaning on we got to do something. But, you know, it's happy buddy's time. And she finally got to the point where she realized that. And we found a wonderful, wonderful facility. And I encourage everyone out there, if you've got a loved one who has Alzheimer's or dementia combination, find yourself a good memory care facility that only specializes in that. And all their patients or residents are have that same disorder, and their people are specialized in it because, boy, it makes a big difference. Amen, Reverend Joe. I just want to get that out before I forget, brother. I appreciate that very much. Um, You're welcome, Reverend. Who you got on tonight? Well, Stephen got the night off. He had to go to a business deal in Charlotte. Uh, got Scott Revis is going to join me. 
uh, hauler driver from JD Motorsports. He's going to join me here and, and a co-host. We don't really have a set guest. I think we've got my good friend Chris Bowen. Uh, used to be the hauler driver for Britt Holmes. I think he's going to come in and join us. I think he's driving some Cowbush Motorsports stuff right now, but I know him and Scott are real big buddies. So we're just going to carry on and talk about this past weekend at Powell Super Speedway and look forward to the to the race this weekend at Kansas. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about right there and what you're saying. So um, but, let's get this let's get this party started and uh, I'll let you get on with the day and if you would be good enough to at the end of the after the show's over, if you give me a call, I'd appreciate it. Ten four, All righty, let's pray. Lord, we come before you tonight and we thank you for all of those people out there that are praying for my wife and my mother-in-law and for our dogs. They're missing mom too. So let's thank you all for the prayers and all the good words. And we ask the police to watch over all of those who are involved not only with auto racing, but all their relatives around them, all their friends, all the spectators on our local racetracks, all of those involved with racing in every direction. Help them and bless them and keep them safe and keep them sound. We also pray for all of those people that wear uniforms, that are foolish enough to run toward trouble while we're all running away from it. We thank you so much for them. We ask you to keep them close, keep them protected, and be with them in every way. Watch over their families at home that sit there and worry about getting that phone call. So please, Lord, be with all of us. Help us in every way. Bless all. And we ask you and thank you so much for sending your son to die for our sins so that we'd have a way into heaven. It's such an amazing thing when you think about that. Who would send their son to die for someone else unless they had so much love everyone else, it didn't matter. It mattered so greatly to us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Reverend Jeff.
Reverend Joe, as always, great invocation. Let everyone know if they can follow you at, uh, on your social media stuff and your website, brother. You got the floor. Well, I guess they can reach me on Twitter and on Facebook at Rev Joe Bubbaco. And also they can email me at jbubbaco at AOL.com or at I'm track with Jesus at AOL.com. Both of those emails will get to me. Our website is ontrackwithjesus.org. And Amsterdam also works, works with .com. So lots of ways you can reach us. And our phone number is 951-232-7630. And as always, God bless you all. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next week. God bless you too, Rev. And real quick, uh, before we let you jump out of here, I want to let you throw out is any – any local tracks or anything that you're planning on going to? Are y'all going to go to uh, to uh, Phoenix this year also, which will be the race before Homestead? Just uh, throw out yep. some of the tracks we'll, that y'all will be at if you can, Reverend. We're planning on going to Phoenix for sure. We've got two more races at our local track here in California, the Orange Show Speedway. They've got one more sort of regular event. And then in the first weekend of November, They've got a West Coast figure, national figure eight race, which will bring in guys from Indiana and Washington State and all over the country. And the last couple of years, I believe, have been won by a guy from Indianapolis. I guess we got to put a stop to that this year. You get that right, brother. And, again, I will call you like you requested as soon as we get done with the show. I think Suzanne's got Scott Revis over in the screen room. But, again, Reverend, thank you all very right. much for being for being John on the spot. Tell, tell Miss Betty we're thinking about it and we'll talk to you next Tuesday evening, brother. Thank you very much. We'll do that. All right. All right. See you, Reverend. That's a good friend there, Reverend Joe. Reverend Joe's Johnny on the spot all the time. He always comes on the show. And the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Despain. Uh, again, Stephen Wilson has the night off. And uh, filling in for Stephen Wilson tonight, we have a uh, driver of the number nothing holler for J.D. Motorsports, my good friend, Mr. Scott Rebus. Let's bring him into the pit stop with Tim Despain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. Mr. Scott Revis, how you doing tonight, brother? <laughs> What's going on, my man? I don't know it, brother. And no, I wasn't playing that song. We we had Mike Bagley come on a few weeks ago, and Mike was talking about, you know, you can play that song, that Michael Buffer, all you want to, Tim. I'm too old to fight, and no, I am too. Like I told also, you, that's what What's I'm going into. I'm ready to fight with you, playing thing. Well, I'm nothing sitting out here in the rain. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the only place I can get some piece uh, of white sitting in the corner. <laughs> I heard that, brother. And uh, did you have some safe travels back from Dega this past weekend? You know, uh, to let some of our listeners know, you were you were you were feeling the number ten truck there for uh, Jennifer Joe Cobb here at Tallahassee Super Speedway. Did you make it back okay? I made it back. We got here a little slow, but we got here. I think I got back to my okay. house about four thirty in the morning. That sounds good. We were we were watching you from the press box, brother, fueling the truck. Uh, looked like you got over the wall pretty good there, brother. 
Hey man, you know when you're running like she was running, I mean I was, I I didn't know what to expect. Uh, with with the way just sometimes how how she runs sometimes, but hell, she had a hell of a run. And uh, I know. You know and, I, I was quite impressed with her, and I told her that after the race. I'm like, you know, granted, you know, it ended how it ended, but you you got a ton of air time. Hell, she led two laps. That's right, Scott, and she she finished P11. Uh, I don't know. I hadn't checked the stats. That might be her best ever finish. Am I correct, Scott? No, I think she's got a sixth at Daytona. That's right. Need it, but 
that's the cutoff lap. But that's like that at every race. There's a cutoff lap. But once you reach that cutoff lap, there's no more fuel being doled out. And, Scott, you you mentioned that cutoff lap there, and it goes probably, it's, you know, probably different laps at different tracks, depending on how big it is. I could hear, you know, the how many laps it's, that they're going to run. But say if Scott Revis goes and gets uh, three cans of fuel right before that cutoff lap, and you sign for that fuel, does that team have to keep that fuel, Scott, or can you take that back and when NASCAR buy that fuel back? No, well, we don't pay for the fuel anyway. Um, but like Johnny does with my Xfinity team, we keep the fuel. Um, we've got 55 gallon drums in the back full of it. And, uh, honestly, we use it in some of the, in the vans and generators and some things here and there. We don't use it a lot in the vans, but it really, with the way it is now, this is only, I want to say it's 99 octane, which is only one, one grade above a super at your convenience store. It's just got about 10% ethanol. A lot of people don't like the ethanol. A little bit of fuel treatment, and it works just fine. I put it in my car, and it runs just fine. But it's, a lot of the teams, the, the tractors have a, a tank on there where you can dump the cans into the tank, and then what they do with it in the shop. I mean, every shop is different. I guess some of them will, will keep it using it in some stuff for the, for the shop because you need it for your dyno anyway because you got to fill the car up in order to run the dyno. And it's also got to be full when you put it on the, the setup plate. And you gotta have your weights correct for you in order to have a correct setup. So I mean, it's used for all kinds of different purposes. It's, I use it to clean brake uh, lug nuts. <laughs> and Scott, you know, you and I we have spoke at several different tracks since we have uh, met, and uh, you mentioned it at Darlington that, that you know you had retired out for going over the wall. All you all you were going to do was drive the uh, the haulers there for Johnny Davis, and you had to go over the wall up there, and you. Uh, to to sort of let our listeners know exactly how much does a full can of Snoko fuel weigh that you're going over the wall and lifting up just about over your head to put in that fuel cell of that race car slash truck. Depending on if they fill it to the top or if they fill it to the side glass, it weighs in between 99 and 110 pounds. That's a lot of weight, brother. And you said you retired. Did it take you a little bit? No, it's, it was weird doing the truck again because the, the fuel receptacle is a little bit lower than it is in the Xfinity car. So I got got to bend. I'm six foot three, so I got to bend down a little bit. Then when they jacked the right side of the car up, it even goes even lower. So uh, old man had to stretch a little bit. <laughs> you ain't old, Scott. You're younger than I am, brother. You told me I was. <laughs> but no, you're, you're getting up there. You've been around. You've been around. Scott, uh, real quick, let's take a little quick uh, – quick break we'll be right back i think chris bowman is going to join us here uh, shortly i know he wants to talk to you too so we're going to have chris bowman come in and uh we'll let one know the number to call in is 215-383-3681 i'm tim despaining alongside of scott revis tonight you're in the pit stop with tim despaining scott we'll be right back after this quick song One more night, one more down, one more, one more round. First one in, last one out, giving this town of the talking about. But they don't know, but they don't know. 
once a year, and it only happens at Homestead Miami Speedway. The world will be watching as dreams are made, hopes are crushed, and championships earned. It's Ford Championship Weekend, November 16th to the 18th. Three days of fun for the whole family with live music, tailgating, go-kart racing, and so much more. Plus, it's the only place to witness the crowning of three NASCAR champions. Call 866-409-RACE or go to HomesteadMiamiSpeedway.com for tickets. We're back live from Dagan Nation. I'm Tim Despain. Stephen Wilson heads the night off. My co-host tonight is Scott Revis, hollow driver from JD Motorsports. Scott, uh, we've been talking a lot about the the uh, the uh, trucks. Uh, and Jennifer Joe Cobb finishing uh, P11 this weekend here at Talladega Super Speedway. And also Timothy Peters, GMS Racing, won this race. This was his first win there. And, you know, Timothy, 
and from the old Red Horse stables. I know you've been around to actually talk to him also. And uh, exactly what, I mean, you know, that really means a lot to Timothy Peters for winning this truck race here at Dega. I think he won again. He won the truck race here a few years back when he was with the Red Horse. But uh, it's got to be something to win any kind of race here at this 2.66-mile monster facility. Am I correct, brother? I would absolutely agree because everything you can be the fastest car on the track. That don't mean squat here. Um, I would almost say it's about fifty-fifty luck and and, and skill. Because uh, I mean, like I said, dude, just look what happens. You sit in the back if you can avoid the old wreck. You'd have the slowest car and just out of attrition get you a top five. I mean, this place is nuts. And you know the drivers, a lot of the drivers don't like it. Good lord, the crowd loves it. I love it. this to me. Talladega and Daytona are the great equalizers. You don't have to have the fastest cars in this world. The smaller teams have the biggest shot of winning a race. And that's, to me, what makes it exciting. Exactly, Scott. And it's sort of looking at looking at some of the uh, the rundown here from the PR at uh, NASCAR. It, this was the uh, the 19th race for NASCAR Camper World Truck Series here at uh, Talladega. Like I said, Timothy Peters won it. Uh, P2 was Mike Snyder, David Gillian, three, uh, P3, Justin Haley's four. Wendell Chavez had a top five, just like you mentioned, Scott. Nice There's race. so much that can happen. Exactly. There's so much that can go on here. There's so many underdogs that could actually happen. And then you go back to, uh, you look at Parker Kligerman. Uh I think he won this race here not too long ago. He got tied up in that in that in that wreck, I don't know what lap it was, but he finished 28. I mean, there's a lot of good trucks mm-hmm. that finished back in the pack, and then a lot of, you know, like Wendell Chavez, like you said, uh, like your driver Jennifer Joe Cobb, Robbie Lyons had a P4 finish. I mean, it was just it was just melee here at, here at Talladega. It's like a it's like a driver's dream. It's like when you go into the candy store when you're a kid, Scott, and you and you sort of draw mm-hmm. you. Uh, which you don't really draw your start your starting spot here, but you sort of see what happens, and if you're in the right spot at the right time, it don't matter if you're the got the fastest truck or not. If you're in the right spot, the right t- excuse me, at the right time, you can you can win here at Talladega, and also at Daytona, Scott. Oh yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing I love about going there with my team is, and I've watched us have chances to win and get dumped out, and we we didn't wreck, but. A lot of the time the, the hiring teams don't want to work with it. I watched Ross two years ago push Chase Elliott all the way to the lead, and as soon as he got to the where he could move down on the inside of the line, he just left him. And I, I was distraught. I was like, here's a chance. You know, we're going to we're gonna go up there, and he just left him. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. But I was like, you know, we pushed you up there, and now you're going to just leave us out to hang the drive because we dropped 20 spots in half a lap. Uh, it's such exactly. a game. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah, you're right. It it is what it is. And you and I also, uh, I were we were talking to you in the uh, National Game Four Truck Series garage, and you looked over. You seen Ross over there, so we walked over, and uh, I was going to shake Ross's hand, and you snuck up behind Ross and sort of pushed him, and he sort of jumped back. Uh, but we didn't know. I didn't know why Ross was there. I couldn't hear you whenever you uh, you tell me. But can you let our listeners know why Ross was there in the truck garage? I know he was running the truck. <laughs> Well, he's running the cup, but I believe he's running the the Texas race for Nice Motorsports. So I think that's why he was over there talking with Cody and those guys over there, just I guess making plans. I didn't just ask him; I just went over there and let him know I was there. You know, Ross is my buddy, and like I said, and, uh, he's a good kid. And I don't, anytime he's around, I like to 
make sure he knows I'm there. We shoot the bull whenever he's got a chance. He's busy, so I left him alone. And uh, he's in the shop Monday. We shot the bull and had a discussion on some things, just possibilities for next year. And just he, like I said, he's an overall. He's not like any other driver I've ever worked for. Him and Garrett are both very personable people, and uh, the. They appreciate what we do, and that makes our job a lot easier for those guys. Exactly. You know, you and Ross cut up there. Like I said, you actually walked to her. You seen he was busy. You walked up behind him, pushed him. He acknowledged that you was there. You turned around walked off. I shook his hand, turned around walked off. But like you said, Scott, uh, Ross Chastain is one that he hadn't forgot where he come from. He's a uh, watermelon farmer in Florida. And when he won that race, I, and I know you had sent me a bunch of pictures when he won that race in the number 42 DC solar car there after, after which he was going to win that race to start. But you sent me he them won pictures of him kissing that. Exactly. You sent me the pictures of him kissing that watermelon, and I told Suzanne, I have got to put these up, make sure I save these somewhere in the photo where I don't lose. But he's a good guy. I've had him on our show. I'm sorry, go ahead, Scott. I said, no, that picture I actually took, I went to Victor. I'm the one that delivered the watermelon. I was underneath the truck when he grabbed it. I was trying to hide it. I, I, I didn't need to be seen. And I'm a, you see me, I'm a big guy, so it's hard for me not to be seen. And uh, make sure his <laughs> watermelon was there. And, and he texted me that night, like, dude, thank you so much for bringing the watermelon. Because nobody else thought about it. And I'm like, you know, this is what he's all about. This is where he's grounded to it. It's what he does in all season. He does what he does during the week when he's not promoting the sport. I mean, it, and it, the, his quote point back like said, you know, if I went back to just watermelon farming tomorrow, I've got no regrets. Exactly, like you said, Scott. That's a young man. He yet forgot where he come from, and he appreciates what he's got. And he ain't gonna take no bull crap off nobody like you and I talk. I wouldn't either. Racing, it, racing. It's funny know. if you look at him. You think he'd just be passive as the world? He is until he gets in that race car, and he gets in that race car. And it's, it's and I'm not gonna. I don't even know who I'd compare him to, but he will stick that nose, even especially in our car. Um, you know, if we're running up front, there's a couple of racetracks where we do pretty well at, and um, like Fontana's one of them. And we ran in the top five all day. And you listen to these bigger teams, and they're like, what is he doing up there? You can hear them on the radio, because I'll scan sometimes different teams' radios. And they're like, you know, what is this guy doing here, and why is, why is he racing us like this? I'm like, well, if our car's fast, why wouldn't we race you? And he went straight up cold trickle that whole race running the outside. And uh, when I say that, if anybody's seen the Days of Thunder, knows he always went to the outside. And Ross ran that outside and blew right by Harvick and Almirola, and they didn't know what to think of Exactly, Scott. And, you know, I'm trying to think of a driver that I can compare Ross Chastain to. He's one of them that he'll race you clean until you race him dirty. I would probably compare Ross to maybe like a young Jeff Gordon, if I can, Scott. That would, you know, you know, Jeff was the type, you know, uh, uh, screw me once, I'm going screw me twice, screw me third. The third time is I'm coming at you. That's sort of the way I can draw. I do too. And then when it's time to put the bumper to somebody, and it, it is bad, you know, we were uh, in Dover. We were in a spot and we got caught speeding going down pit road, and that put us in the back of the field for the first uh, for 
the beginning of stage three, and he had his work cut out for him at that point. He drove the wheels off that car. And the car that we were fighting with at that point was the two car. And uh, I was walking. I didn't, It wasn't about ten laps to go. And I started walking back to the, the hauler to get it ready to load. And I, I looked up, and he's dumping the two. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I better go back because this, this might get physical. <laughs> and, uh, and God bless the dang 60. He gets, that dude gets caught up. He, it doesn't matter who's driving that car. He gets the worst luck of anybody I've ever seen. I think that car has maybe finished four races this year. None of them, say, maybe two or three different times was that, that car's fault. They got caught up in mess that had nothing to do with them. And I feel sorry for those guys because they worked their rear ends off. They just got the worst luck. But like I said, he's not afraid to dump them. And there's been interviews before that said, you know, even with teammates, if there's a teammate in front of you and you got a chance to win, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to dump them. <laughs> and anybody that says they wouldn't is a liar. Um, especially for your first win. Now that he's got one, that that may have changed. But you know, if I was in that car and it were me, I'd wreck my grandma to win the race. Hey, man, brother! I've heard a lot of people say that they would wreck their mother. I know Spencer Boyd that was there at FS Greenlight Race, and he's a good friend of ours. Spencer told me that he would wreck his mother to win a NASCAR Xfinity Series race. But I mean, that's just how much these guys want to win, Scott. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's racing. If you got a faster car, you know, and, you know, people always say, I I, I look at, at a lot of social media, Scott. I see, I hear, hear a lot of stuff on TV. They say, well, that car's faster. Why don't he, why don't, why don't that guy move out of the way and let him go? I'm not going to move out of the way and let him go. I'm racing. If you move me, fine. I should have got out of the way. It's called racing. Scott Reaver. Yep, it's all bump and run. That thing's been around forever. Amen, brother. And let's go on to the uh, Monster Engine SR Cup Series. Uh, race number 31 was here at the 50th and 1000Bubs.com 500, Scott. I know you mentioned you were here that Sunday morning. Eric Almarola actually won a race without it being rain delayed. And the Stuart Haas cars, uh, Scott, if, if I can, I'll. I'm going to get you a take. They were one, two, three, four for nearly the whole race until there at the end. Whenever uh, uh, I know Harvick run out of fuel, Kurt Busch run out of run out of fuel, and then Clint Borger got uh, got a P2 right behind him. Uh, them Stuart Haas cars, they're strong, aren't they, bro? No, I don't tell you what, man. The Fords have been strong all year long. Um, I'm surprised Pinsky, I'm surprised Joey Logano hasn't done better than he's done this year. But those guys had it set right. We're gonna go our four because you know well as I do, four cars in a straight line following each other is gonna beat side by side racing all day long. And the only person that had anything for him when they could catch him was Kyle. And even he then he couldn't do anything with because they weren't gonna break formation. And like I said, the uh, those guys were fast. They had the right strategy, and, and they came out with a win. I felt so good for Eric because he got so screwed in Daytona at the 500 when when Austin dumped him. And uh, that's right. And from every all the dealings I've ever had with Eric, he seems like a really good guy. And I I was really happy for him. Yeah, and you know Scott, uh, you had mentioned the the four car staying in in a line here at uh, Dega. We hadn't seen this in I don't know how many years. Uh, we went through a lot of rules change packages and all that, but it's like the Stewart Hospital they. They stayed one, two, three, four, and they pulled away from the pack. We have not seen 
four cars and, you know, actually six cars. At one point, Denny Hamill was at the tail end of a six, eight car six there prior to one of the uh, to one of the stage ends and the yellow flag there. But, Scott, uh, like I said, we've not seen nothing like this in Kyle Bigger in a long time. Do you think the rules package that we got here for Dega needs to, needs to stay the same? For next year, or do you think the Stewart Hospital has might have figured something out that the, that, the, that the field don't know? Well, they've already changed the rules for next year. They're yeah, that's right. restricted plays in Daytona or Talladega, and it's going to be, I wasn't said the max horsepower, once everything is done with the package, it's going to be about 550 horsepower, so they're really slowing them down. And uh, even without the restrictor plate, uh, I think they're going to be about a good five, six, seven miles per hour slower. But what they're telling everybody else is it's going to be easier for everybody to pass. We'll see. We'll see yeah, what that's happens what I Daytona. Yeah, that's right. That which I know. I correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. I think Daytona they're going to go with this year's Ruth package and the first one to be here at Dave. Am I correct? I believe that's right. Okay. But and you know, just like you mentioned. They're using the all-star package for just about every other race. That's right. And, you know, Scott, you mentioned we're taking the plates off and going to a tapered spacer. Stephen Wentz and I, we've, uh, we've talked about that since we went to went to the electronic fuel injection. And like and like you mentioned, it's going to give them more throttle control, but it's going to take horsepower away. So maybe we'll see a lot more passing. And I think it's a, somewhat to the same package that we ran at Atlanta back in the spring yep. race there. We finished – we sent a lot of packages. And just like you said, the All-Star race, the All-Star race back in May, they went to that package, but they put a plate on them. And that right. was some pretty good racing. Though. That was good. It was about the first time in forever I've actually paid attention to the whole race. I mean, the All-Star race has got boring. Uh, it's been one car blowing everybody out. And, yeah, I remember I was at the very first Winston when Daryl Waltrip won. And I remember the Winston was always a great race. Or the All-Star, whatever you want to call it now. Every year at the end, they were wrecking at the finish line. They're you know they're beating the hell out of each other because it doesn't matter. They're going for a million dollars. This is not the car they're going to race for the six hundred. You know, so we'll beat it to death, and, and that was cool. I mean, the pass in the grass, which really wasn't a pass in the grass. He just kind of <laughs> got thrown down in the grass. But that doesn't happen anymore. And the, you got to so sit back and wonder why. And they've got to find something. And I almost wonder if you got to have a separate rules package just for the all-star race to keep it like that, to keep them bunched up, to make it a race to the end. Because, I mean, for the last 20 years other than this past year, can you remember a finish of any of them? No, I can't, Scott. I mean, this was probably one of the best ones I've seen in a long time, brother. I mean, you look at all the years when you had Kyle Petty taking, what do you know, took her heart out or with Davey and uh, – Took out Dave. Was yeah, so took out Dave and they're spinning across and you know, Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt, Daryl Walsh, all these guys and it was fun to watch for him when Junior won. It was a hell of a race. And uh it's just not like that anymore. And to me, all star race has got to be your most entertaining race of the year because if it's not, why have it? To me, Amen, if you ask buddy. me, I say through the rules book, other than the safety stuff, throw the rules book out the window and let them go. That's right. You look at the all-star game for any other professional sport, you look at a basketball game, there's no defense. They're just out there dunking. And that's what everybody wants to see. Football game, they don't play defense. You see 70-yard bombs. In the hockey, I don't watch hockey, so I have no clue what they do. But it just seems they make something. You know, they keep trying to mess with stages or inverting the field and this, that, and the other. You know, that's cool for a little bit. But if they're still stretched out at the end, who cares? And, uh, 
to me, I, like I said, I, other than the safety, at this point, as long as it looks like the car is supposed to look like, let them go at it. And most of the cars in the all-star race are the higher-end teams anyway. They've got the money. Let them build what they want and just let them go to town. I, I think that would be fun. Amen, Scott. And, Scott, uh, while we're on the all-star race, I want to get to- I want to get your take on this also. You know, used to we had the uh, Pit Crew Challenge, which was held there in, uh, I don't know, one of them arenas there in Charlotte to sort of mm-hmm. get, you know, the all-star feel in the teams. And used to NASCAR would have a hauler driver championship type deal. Did you ever compete in one of them? And I know they're not doing that. Would you like to see NASCAR bring that back to get the hauler drivers back in? I know my good friend Jim Baldwin used to drive a hauler for uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. He won it, I don't know how many years, but uh, don't you think, I mean, you know, we need to get the teams back involved more. And I know it's a big money deal, like Sirius XM, NASCAR always talks. It's money. You know, as far as getting that back, as far as getting the IROC series back, but I would like to do that on the uh, on the on the All Star weekend. Get get you guys back. That way we can watch y'all uh, park the haulers, do that hauler competition, do that pit crew deal. I mean, that was that was pretty neat watching all that, brother. Yeah, the pit crew. I don't know why they stopped that. Now the the hauler stuff still happens. It just it's a different racetracks. It's before anybody ever gets there. Um, Generally, the Xfinity guys are left out. Just why I don't know, but uh, I know the driver Nemo, the driver of the 16 in Xfinity, he's been a part of it this year. I don't know if any of the other guys in Xfinity have been a part, but I know I've seen the truck at the track, sponsored by Freightliner, and the big truck's got the name of all the guys who won it in past years. And my good buddy's uh, brothers won it. He's Joey Logano's hauler driver, and they still do that part. It's just there's it's there's nobody there when they do it. So the fact is, nobody knows it happens. Now, the Pickery Challenge, I don't know why they stopped that. I thought that was cool. They gave the guys who you don't know a chance to be in the spotlight. Because let's be honest, how many times has the Pickery won or lost a race? Those guys deserve to be recognized, I think. And, uh, you know, they let them go out there in introductions to a lot of these races. And, you know, that's... You know, I, the people saw them, but they didn't really get to see them. And when you got to see the Pickery Challenge, they'd have it. They had it at the convention center a couple times. Then they moved it over to the Coliseum, and then you can get really up and close. I mean, you're, you can you can see what the guys are doing. And uh, I thought the whole format was pretty cool. The game is shine. Let those guys shine. Let them. Those guys work their rear ends all seven days a week, just like we do. There's just a different aspect to it, and they deserve to be recognized for what they do. And I think that competition was a great idea. And while they stopped it, I have no idea. And Scott, you brought up a very good point. Uh, the uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is the only bunch that actually has a All Star race. And I want to pose this question to you now: Do you think it's time the Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series, which next year is going to be the Gander? Gander Outdoor Series. Do you think it's time that we maybe do like a big deal at Charlotte, maybe start on a Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, and have an all-star race for the truck, Xfinity Cup, and do it all like that? Or do you think it's going to be too much money, Scott, to really dig off into trying to do that? Just a thought, bro. I, you know, I've never even thought of that, but that, that sounds like an awesome idea. I mean, why not? Um, 
we're all based here, so as far as traveling, it doesn't cost the teams much of any more money other than getting back and forth to the track, other than a few teams that aren't in this basic area. It's really not going to cost you anything to go other than to build the car. And like the Xfinity guys, most of those are going to use their their, their car from the 300 if it was about the same time frame. And as long as it's Charlotte, I don't understand why they don't do it. It's, it's just like I've always said in October when uh, Xfinity Cups in Charlotte want the trucks racing. Uh, the trucks are off that weekend, and that's their home track. I never understood why they didn't why they didn't race that same weekend. Just you know, they they preach costs and they preach costs, but they'll send the trucks out to Vegas for a one off and send them back home. But they won't let them race their home track in October when everybody else is there. And if they don't want them on the big track, put them on the dirt track. You, and I almost I hate saying this. This could bite me right in the butt. But I almost wonder if they're scared. <laughs> If NASCAR is scared that the dirt track is going to outdraw the main track. That's a good thought, Scott. And, you know, just like you said, you know, I just throw that out there. But, and you bring up a good point with the one-off one all the way out to Las Vegas when you get the home track here at uh, Charlotte. But, I mean, and like you mentioned, they could do an all-star race with the trucks on the dirt on the dirt track there at, at Charlotte. Or, or they can do a whole one-day deal on a Saturday or Sunday or what have you. And start and do uh, qualifying race, qualifying race all the way up, and do all three tier series at Charlotte Motor Speedway or what have you. If you want to move the venue around, like a lot of a lot of people want to, I don't, because uh, my home track here is Tato Super Speedway. I agree that the All Star race needs to stay in Charlotte because that's everybody's home, their families right there, all that needs to stay right there. But that would be pretty neat. How we can figure out how I'll to do it? Well out I year. don't know. Do what, Scott? Logistics is muffled. I think it'd sell out every year if you did it like that. I mean, that's a lot of racing for your buck. Um, exactly. I mean, you can I, do it all in one day, and then you get all these other people also. I was listening to uh, Series 6 in the day. There was uh, some talk some talk about how long the race was here at, here at Talladega. Well, uh. You know, back in the day, Scott, here at Talladega Super Speedway, you might race a lot longer than what you did. I mean, you know, the time schedule, I don't think it's a big deal. Like you and I are talking about doing these, all three all-star races, the truck, Charlotte Motor Speedway, you can start not early in the morning, start, you know, and run up into the night, give your fans time to sleep in late after they party the night before and come in there. And have an all-day race. Uh, you know, like I said, you uh, uh, practice qualify race. And in between that, if, if people want to go back to the room, their hotel room, whatever you, or, or whatever you walk outside, take a break, you can take a break. But it was, it'd was it be a one big event, one-day deal, Scott. Just, just a thought. I'm, I'm totally behind that, um, especially because we'd be a part of it this year <laughs> if it were, if, you know. Um, I think – with the new rules at Xfinity, and uh, doesn't really affect the trucks that much because really the only cup driver that drives in the trucks anymore is Kyle. Uh, with the new rules being where the cup drivers don't earn owner points, you're gonna it'd be a really cool idea because you're gonna have more than three or four Xfinity regulars winning races next year because the cup guys aren't gonna be involved. I mean, if they do, I mean, what's the purpose of it? Because you're not getting owner points for it. You're not. So I, I think next year. It's going to be a whole different series. Um, a lot of less. And then, you know, they say the cup guys draw the 
draw crowds. Well, I can tell you there, I've been to racetracks where I could have teed up a golf ball and not hit anybody in the crowd. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, it is. So it's, it's, it's truth. And we got to get back to what we were 20 years ago. They they built this this business model which, which wasn't sustainable. I mean, the, you're looking the teams, especially cup teams, need 20, 30, 40 million dollars to run a season. That's ridiculous. And there's no longer race on Sunday by on Monday because you can't. It's not the same car. I mean, it's the, every car out there is the exact same. It's just got a different front nose or a rear tailpiece on it. They're all the same cars, just running different motors. And it, it, and you talked about the IROC. Boy, would I love to see the IROC series come back. I think that'd be awesome. And, uh, you know, they're, NASCAR's trying. I mean, the Roval, I think, was a, an unintended success of, because it kind of bit us in the rear because the way practices were going, we assumed it was going to be a wreck fest, and we just hung back. And then it turned out to be, and then when it kind of stays three, because around, oh, well, shoot, we got to go. <laughs> And uh, I just hope they don't, because you know NASCAR's copycat or we wouldn't have all these one-and-a-half-mile tracks, that they don't try to make rovals out of all of them. And you know as well as I do, they love to copy each other. God knows I don't want any more road courses. Amen, brother. And, Scott, let me let everybody know the number to call in. 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain, alongside J.D. Motorsports Hall driver, Mr. Scott Rebus is filling in for Stephen Woodson tonight. He has the night off. Scott, let's take a little quick break. We'll come right back and we'll get your thoughts. I know you're headed to Kansas Speedway this weekend and uh, we'll get your thoughts on all that stuff. But again, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. We'll be right back after this song. There's a light that I can't 
happens once a year, and it only happens at Homestead Miami Speedway. The world will be watching as dreams are made, hopes are crushed, and championships earned. It's Ford Championship Weekend, November 16th to the 18th. Three days of fun for the whole family with live music, tailgating, go-kart racing, and so much more. Plus, it's the only place to witness the crowning of three NASCAR champions. Call 866-409-RACE or go to homesteadmiamispeedway.com for tickets. We're back live from Talladega, just south of Talladega Super Speedway. You're in the Pit Stop Radio. LLC. I'm Tim Spain alongside J.D. Motorsports driver Scott Revis. Scott, we're headed out to Kansas this weekend, brother. Going out there for the next race finish series. Are you taking the number nothing car out there, brother? I'm leaving tomorrow afternoon. How long is it going to take you to get there, brother? Oh, right at 1,000 miles, so about 14, 15 hours. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a long ride. <laughs> Yeah. Whenever I retire, I'm I'm hoping I'm on the good Lord's gonna let me live to retire. Maybe uh maybe you'll still be driving, maybe me and you can team up. I got my class A C D I'd be I'd be happy and honored to uh co pilot with you, brother, one day. Maybe in the near future. You get that you get that med card, you can ride with me back from Phoenix. Uh yeah, I got my C D L's. I gotta get that medic card, you know, 'cause uh I had to let them because my blood pressure and all that, but yeah, I, well, I got it controlled. I could, get, I could probably get that. Many. And I appreciate the offer, Scott. But uh, Suzanne and I, we're going to go down to Homestead. We're going down there. So, uh, and I know uh, I had talked to Russell here at Tyler Sears Pool. I know Russell's going to to, to Phoenix because I asked him was he going to Homestead. But no, we're going to we're going to fly out and go down to Homestead. But I will definitely get with you next year. I would like to sort of take some time off and. Uh, you sort of help you guys out just to, you know, just to sort of get out there and uh, do some stuff. But uh, uh, coming up on uh, Kansas, uh, you know, Ross Ross didn't make the uh, the final cut there in the NASCAR Xfinity Series chase, there, but he had a hell of a run, brother. And uh, yeah. I, go ahead, brother. You got to pull. Oh, I was just, I, I'm. It's 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 weird how I, how you feel going to the racetrack now than what I did last week. <laughs> it's, it's it's we were happy to make it and that was the goal, but once you get there, you want more. And uh, with some of the way the cars would have fell had we gotten further in, we were gonna make a show. And uh, just wish we'd have got that opportunity to do it. And like I said, Ross is disappointed. He's happy we got where we were. I think it's us, the guys in the shop, and just wish we'd have got a little bit more out of it. <laughs> That's right, Scott. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, NASCAR Race Hub, uh, they've talked a lot about uh, Ross. Uh, it's the little team that could, is what they say, J.D. Motorsports. And uh, we had Johnny Davis on a few weeks ago. I want to thank you for getting us to, for getting him on where we can interview him. But uh, you can probably contest to what he said. There's uh Jetty Motorsports only has an allotted amount of millions to uh, spend. And to get to where y'all are, not just only Ross Castain, but Smithley and the other car, which y'all had Vinnie Miller in there at one time, and y'all doing doing some swapping out there. But to contend for a championship on this level with spending – I say small amounts of millions compared to your uh, 
your uh, junior motorsports, your uh, Chip Ganassi, they put so many more millions into it. And for you guys to come up through the ranks and, and actually give it a hell of a damn run, Scott, that's pretty amazing, brother. What a lot of people don't realize is even had Ross not had the opportunity he had with the Ganassi cars, we were set to make the chase anyway. Um, that just solidified it with the win and the, and the points we gained from that. But we were well on our way to going to the chase one way or the other. Um, now, we would have been as high of points when the chase started, no. But we were there, and we got there on our own. And, uh, you know, at the end, we got a little bump. But like I said, a lot of people don't realize that they, they think because of the Ganassi deal, that we, that's the only reason we made it. They didn't go back and look at the points. Um, we were well, had a pretty good cushion to who was in 13th, and we were going anyway. And that's what we were the most proud of. Like I said, we were happy as hell for Ross to win that race. And quite honestly, he should have won all three or had certain things not happen. But uh, we were, I mean, for us to do what we did points-wise and not win and not do it by having to have won a race for a team like ours, there was a lot of talk in the garage, and I've heard from different hauler drivers how some of the higher-up teams were having meetings about our car, wondering why we're beating them. They, You know, we're spending, you know, a third of what these guys are spending, and we're doing it on four cars. That's split between four cars. That's not just for Ross. That's split between four cars. And wondering why we're beating them with what we've got. Talent, Scott. Talent. I, I'm of the opinion that talent, you can't buy talent. You can have all the money in the world to put yourself in a ride, but you can't buy talent. And Ross and Garrett have got what it, I honestly believe if Garrett got the same opportunity Ross got, would it be the same? I don't know, but he would do really well in it. I do tell you. And you know, Scott, just to, just to top, on, top off your question, anytime you got a you got a you got a top deer driver, tier driver like uh, Dale Hart Jr. come down and uh, shake Ross that same hand. That means he caught the eye of one of the best, bro. Oh, he uh, he opened up a lot of eyes, and it's you know, and Harvick said what he had to say about it. And I'm thinking the next week he was eating his words. Um, you know, you can't judge somebody because you tried to bully them. And he didn't back down. That should show you that kid's got all the character in the world. He's not shy. He's not going to be bullied. And he's going to race you how you race him. And I can't say that that what happened was on purpose. I'd like to think so. You know, Ross can't say one way or the other. Neither can I because I don't know I wasn't driving the car. But, uh, you know, it's only so long you can push around a little guy before he fights back. And we fought back this year and we fought back hard. And the guys put in 90-hour weeks. I mean, there's days the guys stayed all night long, and they were. I would leave 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Those guys are still there the next morning. And, you know, every one of them committed to the fact that we're going to make the chase this year. And they did it. And every one of them is proud as hell. Johnny's proud as hell. And, you know, we're, we're, we're happy with, with what happened. We just – it's like I said, just – you give somebody a piece of steak, then they want the whole steak. We wanted the whole steak. <laughs> the whole steak, you want the whole loin, Scott. The whole loin. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Scott, you had uh, you had mentioned you were you were not driving the car. Just to throw this out there, 
when Johnny Davis puts you in one of them cars and you start driving, you tell Johnny to let me come and I'll be I'll I'll fuel your car. But tell him to make sure NASCAR adds a handicap pit stop spot. That way you and I can get the very one, the very first one. You drive the car, I'll fuel it if I can. I might have to have a chair picker to pick that gas can up. I tell you what, we've always joked a lot of times when we load in at night, um, we'll grill out and have a couple of beverages and tell some lies. And, uh, and, uh, one of the things we always thought of, like you're talking about, uh, all-star race is building a junker for the truck drivers and let them go at it. God, that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I I would enjoy that. Now, if I don't know if I can fit in the car, I'd try. <laughs> well, but, uh, you can get in there, and and like I said, uh, I probably don't need to be picking up that uh, that heavy ninety nine pound fuel Sunoco fuel can there. Maybe I can let, like, maybe be the jack man or something like that, or uh, better yet, let me just come out there and wash your window, brother. I'll wash. No, we got pull off there. I'll be I'll be the tear off guy. <laughs> Well, Scott, I know, uh, I know, uh, you got a lot going on. You got a lot to do. Like you told us, you work 70, sometimes 80 hours a week. But I want to thank you for coming on tonight. Is there any last thoughts, anything you want to get out that I missed? Uh, I know I'm going to throw out the, uh, the, uh, radio and, uh, TV coverage this weekend at Kansas. But before I let you go, uh, I'm going to get your last thoughts. Well,. Right now, so we got four races left of the year. Um, we're obviously guaranteed top twelve in points. Like, like now, we're just gonna see how much we can we can pull off for Johnny. Um, you know, we got our, our Flex Hill people behind us, Watermelon Association, uh, Kentucky Fame, all these guys that support us, and help us do what we do, and uh, can't thank them enough. And uh, like I said, the season winding is winding down, and everybody's looking forward to having a little bit of time off. And uh, silly season's kicking in already. I mean, drivers are moving around already. Crew members will start about December. So it's going to be a wild season this year. And I'm looking forward to see how things fall out for me and the rest of my buddies out there and where we'll end up or we'll end up where we are now. And just look forward to another season, but looking forward to a break even more. You got that right, brother. And Scott, before I let you get out of here, I want to let everybody know uh, – Friday, October 19th, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series practice is going to be from 2 to 2.55 p.m. MRN has your radio, MBCSN has your TV. This is all times Eastern, so local time, central time, my time, one hour behind. Expanded Series practice, Scott, 3.05 p.m., 3.55 p.m., MBCSN has your TV, no radio. Expanded Series final practice, 5 p.m. to 5.50 p.m., MBCSN has your TV, no radio. Also, Friday, October 19th, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying is going to be at 7 p.m. Uh, MRN has your radio, NBCSN has your TV, and it's Saturday, October 20th, Scott. We've got the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series second practice. It's going to be 10.30 a.m. to 11.20 a.m. MRN has your radio, and listen to this, guys. Now, make sure you listen. The TV's going to change. We're going to go over to CNBC Saturday for your TV coverage of the second practice. And then the Xfinity Series qualifying is 11.40 a.m. See it. CNBC has your TV. There's no radio. 
Monster Energy Cup Series Final Practice, 1.05 p.m. to 1.55 p.m. MRN has your radio, NBC, SN. We're jumping back over again, so y'all need to keep up now. We're jumping back over to TV there. And then radio pre-races, 2.30 p.m. MRN. TV pre-races, 2.30 p.m. NBC. And the Xfinity Series, Kansas Lottery, 300. It's Scott Rivas is going to be involved in there. It's at 3 p.m. MRN has your radio and NBC has your TV. And it's Sunday, October 21st. The uh, final cutoff race for the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series radio pre-race is 1.30 p.m. for MRN. TV pre-race is 2 p.m. for NBC. And then the Monster Energy Cup Series Hollywood Casino 400 cutoff race is 2.20 p.m. for MRN and NBC. And the MRN X-Track stations is 15.10 a.m., 94.5 FM. So y'all tune in there. And, Scott, any last thoughts, brother? You got the floor, and we'll let you get out. I'll, I want to let everybody know what they follow you on social media and stuff. And, uh, and listeners, again, follow Scott Rivas on Facebook. I know Scott Scott does what he calls the hauling in. He drives into these tracks, and it's pretty neat. Uh, Scott Scott does a Facebook Live. He has songs playing. The hauler drivers drive in. It's a pretty neat deal, Scott. I want to thank you for doing that. I watch it every week whenever I can. But anyway, Scott, you got the last thoughts, brother. Yeah, you guys can check me out on Facebook, uh, Scott Revis, R-E-A-V-I-S. Uh, right now, my profile picture of Ross holding up the watermelon. So uh, if you friend me, let me know you're listening. And on Twitter, I'm at srevis 517 I don't do a lot on Twitter. I need to do more. I kind of suck at it. <laughs> That's where you can find me. Like I said, I'm doing the Facebook Live. I have the track going to Kansas. I may do one halfway down there just to keep me sane. Answer some questions and whatnot on the way down there, but uh, you find me there and you keep my goings and goings on and uh, follow me down the road. Scott, thank you very much for being my co-host tonight. I really do appreciate it, and I know Stephen does too. And again, thank you very much for everything you do for the sport. Thank you very much for everything you do for Suzanne and I. And safe travels out to Kansas this weekend, brother. And we'll be talking to you, brother. Thanks again. All right, see you, brother. That's Scott Rivas. Uh, We're going to sign off live. I'm Tim Spain, alongside Scott Rivas. We'll see you next Tuesday night from Talladega, Alabama.
It only happens once a year, and it only happens at Homestead Miami Speedway. The world will be watching as dreams are made, hopes are crushed, and championships earned. It's Ford Championship Weekend, November 16th to the 18th. Three days of fun for the whole family with live music, tailgating, go-kart racing, and so much more. Plus, it's the only place to witness the crowning of three NASCAR champions. Call 866-409-RACE or go to HomesteadMiamiSpeedway.com for tickets.